Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Welcome to Podcasting Power Hour with your host, Jeff Townsend, a.k.a. The Indie Podcast Father. I'm your co-host, Greg, from Indie Drop-In Network. Podcasting Power Hour is recorded live every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter Spaces. Every week, an experienced panel of podcasters and other experts will tackle your podcasting questions. We will, of course, put links to all of our guests and any relevant information in the show notes. All right, let's get this party started. Hello, friends, and you are my friends. Oh, that felt great. Welcome to Podcasting Power Hour. I'm your host, Jeff Townsend, and as usual... My co, I'm just going to say first officer, helping me through this journey, this flight, is Greg of old. I'm, no, I'm a number one that performs like a number two. The, uh, so, Jeff, did you take a screenshot so that you have proof you have friends? No, I didn't. Maybe next time. Yeah, you better Damn. get it. Fuzz is also helping out. Fuzz Martin, Mayor McFuzz. Thanks for helping out, Fuzz. What's happening? I just uh, knocked over a Barbie uh, metal lunchbox <laughs> filled with bracelets, and uh, I've been cursing loudly uh, up until this point. So, hi, everybody. The, the chaos. The absolute chaos. If I had a dollar for every time I woke up in the middle of the night and stepped on some Barbie accessory or Lego <laughs> and like let out some swear words, I'd, I'd be a rich man. Yeah, I, I could have made a, a couple hundred right there. So, uh, welcome everybody. Thanks for coming to Podcast Power Hour. Glad to be here. I got nothing else. That's fair. All right, now the master of the brand, the brand tan man, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tanner Campbell. Hey everybody, how are you? I'm so master of the brand. I change my profile pic every three days. 
That's how on brand I am all the time. Thanks for having me, you guys. How is your brand, by the way? It's doing well. It's surviving, uh, making money, selling shows. Life is pre- life's pretty good right now, actually. Life is life is good. Get rich or die trying, right? That's what Fifty Cent said. I think my my girlfriend calls him Fifty Cents. I haven't told no. her that's not right yet. Hall of Famer Dave Jackson's also going to be assisting us this evening. Dave, how are you doing? Good. I had a friend once, but I uh, I forgot to feed it and it died. So it was a Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be here, uh, Dave. What will we do without you, man? I thought you had dominoes tonight. I can't keep track of you and Fuzz's Monday schedules. No, <laughs> nope. I thought maybe you and Evo and company just got together and played dominoes on some Mondays. Like a couple of old men in New York <laughs> in Central Park, they're just playing. Do- you don't mean pizza? You game. That's oh, it. Sorry. Oh, that's great. So tonight we do not have a guest or anything. So it's very critical we get some engagement from you all. Come up, ask questions. If you're not comfortable or unable, of course, there's a comment section down there where you can engage in the conversation. So you can start requesting to come up and ask something. In the meantime, Greg, I'll kick it off to you to start the evening here. Great. As I scarf down yogurt and hope you don't say my name. The uh, So to get started today, I thought we would talk about everyone's favorite topic, video. Now, what you might have noticed is some people do video, some people don't do video, but everyone has an opinion whether or not they do it or they don't do it. So I just wanted to kind of start off with a little test that I kicked off last week where I've started posting uh, shorts. So I created a true crime TikTok, uh, Instagram, and of course I've already had a YouTube channel. And I started making a short, uh, less than one minute kind of recommendation post. Like, hey, you know, if you're looking for a true crime podcast recommendation, my recommendation for the week is, you know, uh, this week it's dying to be found. Uh, you can check that out here. And then here's a clip. So it's like 20 seconds of me talking or 15 seconds of me talking and then like a 30 second clip and that's it. So we'll see how that's going. Uh, this is only the second week of that, but um, the YouTube channel is doing, I, I thought it would do nothing and it's doing a little bit more than nothing. So somewhat excited about that well well how is the how is the tiktok two weeks is a little bit you should be getting some kind of traction in two weeks how is the tiktok doing really bad about as well as your youtube channel (laughs) really bad i don't do i have a youtube channel you did for a second you only remember you spent ten thousand dollars of equipment and that lasted two weeks oh yeah you know what i actually did the other day was i got tired of gmail and i was like i don't need gmail anymore i'm gonna get rid of it and i moved over to fast mail and then I realized that because I deleted my Gmail, I deleted all my stuff. <laughs> I don't think things through. I just kind of do things in the moment and I make big mistakes. All right, Tanner, we'll let you kick it off here. What What's your take on this whole video thing? Uh, I'm all for it. Um, I mean, I, I think, right. yeah, I think me, you know, video is its own beast, just like podcasting in the audio traditional sense is its own beast. So I think if you approach video, with the intent of creating content which is video-centric 
and which is formatted in the way that the users of whatever video platform you're using, you know, TikTok or YouTube, are accustomed to consuming video, then I think that you should, you know, if you have the time and the bandwidth to do it, yeah, approach it. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that if you're going to just repost your audio as, you know, static images, um, I do this. I just started doing this because my host, uh, Sounder, will create, you know, follow the bouncing ball kind of faded, blurred background text over that, and they'll upload it automatically. I don't, I don't have to do anything. I literally just upload the episode and it automatically happens. I don't even have to press a button. So in, in, if it doesn't add to your production value, if it doesn't add to your production schedule or your workload, I'm all for telling people to do that. It can't hurt to have content on YouTube. But I wouldn't expect it to do that much because all you're doing is repurposing content. And I think I've spoken a number of times about how I feel about repurposing content. It's kind of disrespectful to the person on the platform on which you are posting that repurposed content because it's not what they're there for. Um, I mean, I have, I think every episode of Good Morning Podcasters gets uh, published automatically to YouTube. And I'll tell you that an episode that published two months ago has gotten five views, uh, 15 views, six views. Now, to be fair, I don't promote my channel. So these are all organic, accidental people are just watching them. So maybe that's not terrible. Uh, but I have another video on my YouTube channel, which is not promoted. And uh, it's about, it's a review of uh, my Studio Bricks booth. And I think at this, at this point, Studio bricks review maybe uh, i think it's got a few thousand it's got 2.4 thousand what, reviews, are you, what, are reviews. what are you trying to say here what do you mean well, okay get to the point of your opinion here the point's there if you're <laughs> if you're not creating uh eat my ass <laughs> uh the point is that if it's not created for the platform upon which you are creating it you're probably wasting your time and doubly if if you're not marketing it Unless it takes no time, and then it unless just it takes no time, there. and then it's right. yeah, it's not a it's not an yeah. investment. So who cares? And, and that's why when I was creating my short my short form stuff, I wanted to do something kind of for the platform to see if I could drive users, you know, in YouTube's case, to my uh, audiogram only video. Right, that's kind of like a two like a twofer kind of test. I don't know if it's going to be successful, but um, it only takes me a minute to record a minute, you know, video with no editing or anything. So, um, it doesn't take a lot of time. So no, we, go ahead. Fez. Sorry. I was about to we, keep up. We, uh, we experimented with this, with my wife's, uh, podcast tech tools for teachers last year, uh, in the last in season four, uh, because we wanted to actually, honestly, we were, I was listening to Tanner, uh, and I thought it might be fun to play around with. So, we created specific how-to videos. They weren't repurposed from the uh, from the actual podcast, but they were um, another five minutes where she actually does an on-screen walkthrough of some sort of tech tool that we we're talking about. Uh, it took another probably hour and a half under the editing uh, between uh, creating it, uh, editing it in Premiere, and uh, getting it published to YouTube. The added time there are a few videos where we've gotten over 100 or over 500 views um but for the most part they're hovering around like 25 to i don't know 70 it looks like so it really 
in the grand scheme, I don't, we didn't think it was worth the extra time that we were putting into it. Now, because they're how-tos, they may get some longevity down the road, but um, uh, we, we really didn't want to repurpose things. We wanted to try doing something that uh, was uh, essentially an added value to the podcast and just, uh, I don't think we found that value there yet. So it, it's kind of strange that this is even debated, right? Because as audio only podcasters, we say to newcomers who are going to be audio only podcasters, they're like, look, you can't just open up your laptop and use your built in mic and make crappy stuff and put it up and expect it to go anywhere. And it's almost like when we get to talking about video, we don't say you can't just take your crappy audio and post it to YouTube, a video platform and expect it to work. We're, we're a little more, I don't know, precious about that for some reason. I mean, you can, you can witness a more than half-hearted attempt of mine to do this and, you know, whether it was successful or not, I guess is, is a matter of perspective, but you know, you can look up on YouTube, uh, my kind of one of my older shows called fan dummies, like uh, D U M M I E S. And it's got 93 videos. That's easily a year and a half, something like that of effort. Um, it's got 718 subscribers. So, you know, I mean, it takes years to build an audience. It's not fast on any platform. Do I think it would have eventually gotten to the point where uh, it was successful? Probably. I mean, we have some, you know, I'm just looking at the two videos that just is, is on my screen right now. One of them's got 785 views. One of them has two two 2.5 thousand views. And I've got some in the 60 and 70 thousand views, but it's hit or miss, right? Like I've got just as many with the hundred views. Um, so, it, you know, and you can, you can go on there and see how I did it. It's more of the traditional way where we record the podcast uh, being, you know, we, we video the podcast being recorded and then we cut up clips so that we get the SEO benefit of the different clips and so that people can, can jump to the right thing. And, you know, I would say, I bet you my Patreon subscribers mostly came from YouTube. And then when we quit, I was telling Jeff this earlier today, the, you know, the only place that anyone commented, I mean, I'm talking Twitter, Instagram, anywhere, which we had thousands of followers on those. The only place anyone commented like, Hey, where did these folks go was on YouTube. You brought up uh, SEO and Michelle Jackson, my favorite Jackson, by the way, I can't say that enough. She did leave a comment down here saying that it impacts discoverability too. So when we're thinking about this, you know, what, what, if it's worth it or whatever, and I'm not going to lie to you lately, I would say over 50% of the podcasts I listen to has been on YouTube, whether it be specific clips from something or just the entire podcast. Now that I have, I've had premium for a while, but I've been utilizing it for that feature. You know, the screen will shut off, but I still listen. So I have found myself doing that quite a bit lately. Dave Jackson, what do you got? Well, for me, I was thinking about what I did today. I listened to podcast while I was making food. I watched video while I was eating it. Uh, when I walked <laughs> around the neighborhood, I was listening to podcasts. So I think it depends on what I'm doing. But in terms of my thing, kind of what Tanner was talking about is I, I feel like I did one short on my YouTube channel and it just seemed weird 
because I'm I didn't even pull out a gimbal or a stand. It's all you know blurry and and can't hold my hand still. And I was like, yeah, that just looks like crap. And I get that that's kind of the whole not the whole point of it, but the fact that it's supposed to be quick, get in and get out. And I just thought, okay, um, I need I have an old iPhone, I think six lying around here. I'm like, I need to fire that thing up, put it on a stand so that if I want to do shorts, I can fire it up. Look into the camera, say my thing, hit stop, and just post it to YouTube, and that would be cool. But in my current state, I'm like, I to me, it looked really well. It sounded like in the same way that your first podcast usually sucks, your first short was pretty awful as well. And I was just like, all right, I need to to uh, work on this. I mean, I've got the lighting and everything, but it was just one of those where I was like, yeah, that's not a great representation of my brand at the moment. I would love, but I also you have that video still. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's still there. It's still there. The other thing to keep in mind is YouTube and podcasting in my world, at least have two separate audiences where I've had people join my membership site and go, Oh, you do audio stuff too. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's, I think there are those people that I don't know who the latest, greatest, you know, they worship at the altar of cutie pie or whoever's big this week. Um, and then there are other people that, you know, all they know is true crime because that's all podcasts are. So it's, it's, I think it's two separate audiences. So I think it's worth doing. It's just a matter of, it does take a heck of a lot more time, even a short, uh, I think once I get it set up, cause that's nice. And in, in a way it's going to transcribe it. So you almost don't need a show description and it's like a minute and a half long. So if it does need any kind of description, 50 words to, to describe what's in it maybe but you utilize video in other ways for your content as well though i mean you have your set yeah saturday morning thing that i enjoy typing crazy things in the chat just to see how you react but regardless you do utilize video well yeah i i do that and then i'm lying through my teeth right now my youtube channel says new video every wednesday and that has not been the case in many many <laughs> moons so I either need to change my banner or start doing videos, but it's just one of those things that I'll come up with an idea and, you know, two hours later it's done and it's a four minute video. And I was like, man, that is a lot of time for, you know, um, just, you know, a four minute video. Why is it not okay for us to just, I I mean, you use it for your Saturday morning thing, right? That that's where you're most consistent. And, it, and yeah. it performs for you, right? In that case? For the most part, yeah. I'm always amazed. And it's it's weird because I don't know that I get that much traffic after Saturday. So my stats look great because it's all the live people that didn't leave. Uh, yeah. But I'd have to go back but and check the stats. I don't, I, don't know why we, I don't know why we do this with platforms. It kind of makes me nuts that, that, it's, that the idea that it's not just okay, that you use YouTube for live streaming, it serves a purpose. And that's really all you're doing with YouTube. Why do we right. need every platform to become like a primary channel. Why do we do that to ourselves? I feel like we're doing that everywhere. Because that's mm. when the platform pushes you. When you utilize it fairly exclusively. Yeah, but Dave doesn't use it exclusively and it serves its purpose as a live stream platform for him. So every Saturday he's got a nice audience. Of, he can engage with that audience and then he doesn't use YouTube anymore. Right, but if, but if let's say you recorded your entire podcast and you made three clips a week, then YouTube would push people to your live stream instead of the, you know, vice versa. Yeah. I haven't really seen that bear out, but 
who knows with what the changes they're trying to make, <laughs> hopefully they make good changes. I'd love to see everyone's video, no video podcast episodes uploaded to YouTube, get a thousand views a day. I mean, that'd be amazing. No, I don't think no video podcasts. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying actual video where there's a cohesive story that you've, you know, put in some B roll. It has decent music, but it doesn't have to be a feature film. Michelle's up here. Michelle, yeah. what yeah, do you got? Anybody you brainiac. <laughs> um, so I have a very different take on this, uh, like completely different. One, I have the philosophy that people should do things ugly. So I feel like you're talking about having this like really cohesive and beautiful video. And for most people, um, testing out the platform will take a lot longer than they'll than than they anticipate so i've just recently decided to add video to my platform however um i i'm a i've been creating content for 10 years and i started as a blogger and then added a podcast and this is now the last thing that i've decided to add um for me uh my personal view is that podcasts are audio i i don't really get this like forcing podcasts to be video. I just think it's a video. Um, so I'm not, I don't really get that, but the, vi the video content that I'm adding to my webs uh, to my platform supplements the other things that I do. So say for example, and for those of you who, who don't know me, I'm in different spaces, but I'm primarily in the personal finance space. So if I do a, a, a podcast about women and money, which is what I'm working on for the fall, maybe the video, the content would be answering a specific question that I know is cert is, is getting searches. So I'm not just like kind of slapping stuff up on YouTube because I'm busy. Like I I'm getting sponsors. I'm trying to make money. So it has to make sense to do these things. I think my point is it has to make sense to do what you're doing. So if, if people are creating video just cause they feel like they should, it's a complete waste of your time. If you understand why you're creating video, um, then do it, but it does not by any means need needs, uh, need to be perfect. In fact, I'm pre uh, recording all my video content for the, for the fall because I have a strategy and I'm not editing it. I'm not adding bells and whistles. I'm not adding music. I'm not doing any of that bullshit because I have to first test out that I'm even gonna consistently do it, that I that it makes sense, that it's creating a, a, a worthwhile part to the ecosystem that is my overall brand. So, so I think that's something to consider. So this is, all of that was rad. I couldn't agree more with everything you just said, but I think that there's a worthwhile distinction here that I want to point out. And I think I'm right, but you're going to tell me, Michelle, if I'm not right, <laughs> you have a business built around your content. And so your monetization strategy has nothing to do with audience size. Is that right? Um, right. So I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, Ideally, you do want to grow a larger audience, but I look more at um, 
uh i can't believe i just forgot the word <laughs> it's been one of those days um i look at how active my audience is currently like how receptive they are to my content and and so it doesn't have to be this massive audience right like i'm not trying to have a hundred thousand people follow me mm -hmm. you know so there's that too and this is I think for if you are somebody, this is why I talk about having businesses wrapped and Greg talks about it too, having businesses wrapped around your podcast as much as is humanly possible because a hundred listeners to someone whose primary strategy is grow an audience, make money off of programmatic ads or host red ads and CPM model, a hundred listeners is not worth anything. But to Michelle, a hundred listeners might be five leads that might be worth each $1,200 for, you know, a three month service or something. So I think that if you're, if you're in Michelle's wheelhouse, if, if you've got a business wrapped around your podcast, then to not, to not be using YouTube to get those, you know, 10 or 20 or 50 views, someone in those 10 or 20 or 50 views might want to give you $12,000. So but, but definitely someone, a little different. I, I agree with you, but I will say in my business, I don't, I'm not coaching people like that. That is like very low on my interests, like li my list of interests. Mm -hmm. So for what I do, um, I am working with brands, but I also have my own products that, and so my own products in particular that I have created and are, are the things that are the lead magnets in my shows or on my YouTube channel. Um, my products are the things that are in my ads so that people can, you know, go to, to those products. So I, I think the better way to put it is I'm creating an ecosystem and it's very, very well thought out because it takes a lot of time to do it well. And, and in my view, a lot of podcasters are still in the infancy of growing whatever it is they're trying to do with their shows. And so like I like I said I've been doing this for years and so I'm I'm further along in in the strategy piece and I think most people listening to this conversation are at the beginning stages of of thinking about strategy. Hmm. By the way Michelle, a uh, formal invitation for you to speak at uh, Podcast West. What do you think? Ooh, is yeah. that here in Denver? It's, it it's the thing it's the thing we're putting together we'll offline it but you asked okay, me about it on you. linkedin i think so we'll connect okay cool anybody else have any comment before we have we have several speakers coming up and questions so before we move on does anybody else have anything to add to this conversation we can always come back to it later of course i was just going to say the um i produced two shows or two podcasts and video and it's pretty in intensive with five cameras but where I found a huge asset is the marketing, is the sponsorships. So, for example, I wouldn't have jacked sponsorship. No way that Lone Star Dry Goods would have signed up for a sponsorship if it was audio only. Um, but that's kind of my take on it. I, I'm really biased towards the video because that's my background. But um, with this new show I'm launching in November, the video element is huge on it. I don't think I would be able to get, get the traction I'm getting with these sponsors without the video element for what it's worth. And that's taking apart five minute segments and put in, in, in bringing it across all social media platforms. So that's my take on think, it. It's really I, the marketing and sponsorship. What, one of the unique things that you have going for you though, is you're working with celebrities. And I think that brings a, uh, an exception to the rule about, um, 
repurposing content yeah. because uh, you're you're dealing with people that people recognize and um, and that it, I think it it's a um, it's kind of a, a big exception knowing that you can you you want to walk that out as much as possible and get as much out of whatever guests uh, high profile guests that you're going to have on the show. Um, you know, I can, I can see that. So doing those segments and pulling that out, I think is the right move for you. I don't necessarily think it would be the right move for every person listening, but definitely it's good that you're doing that. Interesting point, because I've had debates with Jack about, he's like, man, let's not do some on some video. I was like, man, like, no, it's either Tim, for me, my opinion is it's like, it's all or nothing. And we're still doing it on video. Uh, we're taking some time off now because it's recording. But my point is, is that you're right. And it's, um, I've, I've had some heated debates with Jack recently about possibly just doing audio only. But at this point, we're too far in on the video side. So I appreciate your feedback. James, you requested to speak. Do you have something to throw in here? Yeah, I was just going to throw in a couple of things. Uh, I was in a taxi the other day going to the airport, which is uh, seemingly all that I'm doing at the moment. Um, and the uh, taxi driver was listening to YouTube on his um, yeah, uh, on the speakers. Um, and I suspect that that's actually something that happens quite a lot, is people using YouTube as a audio uh, source to listen to the kind of content that they want to. Um, I've been doing much the same as uh, Tanner in terms of automated um, sticking the Pod News podcast onto you onto YouTube. Now, if you were looking at this in terms of a new platform, then my numbers are pretty dismal. They're about uh, 13, 15, 20 plays per episode. But on the other side, if you were looking at it as a different podcast app, which is, I think, the right way to have a look at it, and actually, 20 plays is pretty good. It puts it in, um, you know, it puts it in something like seventh or eighth place in terms of podcast apps. Um, and that's not a bad thing, I don't think. So I think it's worthwhile doing something which is completely automatic if you can get away with it. And, um, and uh, who knows, you'll get more people consuming your content uh, in that way as well. Um, uh, and the final thing I would just say is I think video works for some podcasts but not for other podcasts. If you look at, you know, a talking head, then that's relatively easy to do in terms of video. If you're looking in terms of an interview, then that's relatively easy to do in terms of video. But if you're looking at uh, audio fiction and you want to make a video version of audio fiction, then that, my friends, is called a movie. Uh, and uh, that is relatively expensive to end up doing. So I think it's easy for us to say, oh, you know, all podcasts should be, uh, you know, full motion video and blah, blah, blah. It simply doesn't work for a lot of the videos, uh, a lot of the podcasts, excuse me, that are out there. Um, and I think we should just bear, the, bear that in mind as well. That's actually a really interesting way of looking at it, looking at it as if it's a podcast player, which is makes me feel weird just as someone who's been making podcasts for a while. But I think that's a that's a really good way of looking at it because in that way it performs just as well as like, uh, I don't know, name, probably Google Podcasts for, for, my, for my podcast. Castro. Yeah, Castro or any, any, of the other, any of the other platforms. It's a pretty good way of looking at it. And I think it, it, it might even reinforce the idea you know, the same way that we don't spend an inordinate amount of time or effort marketing for 
uh, Castbox. Um, I'm just naming one that we wouldn't do the same thing for YouTube. That, that we exactly. put the most of our marketing efforts are to Apple and Spotify, and I guess you know to whatever for whatever reason, whatever app seems to be performing the best for us. One one piece of anecdotal information is about once every month or two, I'll get a submission to True Crimes specifically for Indie Drop-In where it's a quote-unquote podcast that does not have an RSS feed. It's only on YouTube. Of course, I have to decline it because I promote podcasts, but um, it's just... It's just interesting. Like they consider themselves a podcaster. They make YouTube podcasts and they found my website and, you know, wanted me to feature them. So, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know if that, that helps or hurts, but just an interesting fact. Podcasting power hour is part of Indie drop-in network. If you are a podcaster looking to grow your listeners, check out IndieDropIn.com. Indie Drop-In is always free, and we have opportunities right now for comedy, true crime, scary, and paranormal podcasts. Just go to IndieDropIn.com to learn more. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know Gary's been up and on here as a speaker, so... Before we move on to any other thing, I do want to give whoever else the opportunity to speak on this video topic. Go ahead, Bromigas. I know that you posted in the, uh, you and Pixie as well, and several other people have been sharing great examples of how to use the video feature. 
Yeah. So, I mean, as maybe some of you who've maybe heard me speaking here in the past, um, you'll know that I have two podcasts uh, and this one, I think particularly would benefit greatly from video. Um, just as you can see in the example I put in the comments, like look at me hysterically laughing. Like you can tell, like there's, a, I guess there's a sense of fe- some sort of feeling that a viewer or a listener would get when you actually see the hosts and you see them having this hysterical conversation and this reaction that I'm having to it. And like, to me, I feel like there's a sense of um, personability with it, in my opinion. Um, my Really my question about um, the video would be how to a- actually format it. I've had some conversations with all of the three other of the hosts of this podcast and I've kind of given them examples of what I've seen in terms of video, like full uh, as an example. I'm not sure if any of you follow the fitness um, fit, fitness uh, personality, Robert Frank, but uh, he has a podcast that's strictly on Patreon. And the way he sets up his video podcast for YouTube is that he'll have separate cameras for each individual person on the show with like and it, the way the overlay is. It's like it's like a certain look to it that it's very clean, very um, it's very individualized to the to the person. And then, you know, there's been the discussion of, you know, do we just have one camera recording us and all of us are just sitting there? Does that really get the same effect? Does it feel a little bit more cluttered? And will any of us even show up fully in the video itself? Like those are just some of the um, things I've been thinking about. And I was wondering um, what your approach to say something like that would be do you prefer like the individual camera idea or do you prefer like having like the full picture of the group and just kind of going from there i think either way the content will still be there it's just a matter of how to uh what's the word i'm looking for um present it i have an answer for this but i need to remember a few names and resources before i go so if anybody else wants to jump in yeah, the the one thing I did, this was probably a year ago, is I looked at Joe Rogan's, like I tried to find the earliest version of Joe Rogan's video, and it was hideous. You could barely see him. It was so dark. He, it was just, you couldn't, like his co-hosts or whoever weren't even on screen. It was like they, they couldn't figure out how to put the camera in a place where everybody could be on screen. There was just this voice off to the side. So there is a, a certain part of it. I just did an episode that said it doesn't need to be perfect. I think it it also doesn't need to be embarrassing. So, I mean, to me, if you just did one shot where everybody's in it, is it as good as if you have, you know, closer images where you have camera switching and things like that? No, that, that kind of keeps people awake in a way that the, you know, every now and then the screen actually changes. But if that's all you got, it's not embarrassing. Start where you're at and, and go from there. I think, um, Maybe the cheapest, easiest way to get a little bit of the camera switching. Well, let me start with this. Are you all in the same place or are you all remote from one another? So we were, we have the benefit of using a broadcasting school that we all went to earlier in the year that has oh, cool. a studio. So you're, you're all in the same room. Yes, we all are in the same room and we kind of hope to keep it that way. We actually, each of us have actually done our best to purchase equipment say like a roadcaster or something mm-hmm. and a couple of other like mics and such where we can continue to do that when we don't have to travel 45 minutes to an hour to that particular studio 
So, you know, we we're trying to like we have equipment to where, you know, the audio will still sound good. Um, it's just a matter of like because we because we believe that, the, like I said before, that we believe the video is going to help maybe kickstart us to a different level because I mm. think that it, the content will be what's the word I'm looking for um, more engaging in, engaging accentuated whatever word you'd like to use that with start with an E or an A or but uh, you know <laughs> it, it, it would be per, it would be a, a lot better I guess in, in so in so simple terms so so first to anyone who's listening whose answer to that wouldn't be we're all in the same room we're all remote I know that Riverside does it I'm fairly certain that Squadcast does it uh, but they do have like this magic studio, at, at least Riverside does, where everybody's on their own cameras, but they'll give you like a composite video at the end that will switch the feed automatically based on who's speaking. And that can be a cheap, easy way to get it done if you're all remote from one another. Yeah. I so am actually, funny you mentioned that, Tanner. Uh, we mm-hmm. actually tried out Riverside today and uh, we did not like it at all. We don't like, <laughs> we don't like some of the things that were going on. I am particularly... Uh, I particularly prefer StreamYard just because I have any time I've been a guest on a show that uses it, there's never been any issues. Yeah. And StreamYard's a good platform. Riverside, it's, uh, it's, it was a mess today. Uh, StreamYard used to kind of suck and then they got independent tracks and local recording. And I think that they've become a much better platform in just the last 12 months, probably. Uh, my suggestion was going to be, there's a, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a s- solution that is not necessarily cheap. I think it's about $100 a month. Uh, but it's called Switcher Studio. Are you familiar? I have not heard of that, actually. So Switcher Studio will, if you, you guys all have iPhones or iPads, it will take all of those devices, put them on the Wi-Fi, and turn them into a linked camera system. And then you can run like a live broadcast production in real time. You can have somebody running an iPad to handle the transitions and actually build the video in real time. And then when it's so, you know, like lower thirds, transitions between sections, uh, camera switching, all that stuff, you can have one person producing it from the iPad, have all the iPhones in uh, camera mounts, and they can be your, you know, your three positions or whatever it is. And you can, um, by the time you're done, if the person on the iPad is pretty skilled at it, which they'll get over, you know, you know, a few times and given it a shot, uh, you can create a pretty nice looking finished video that can be in 4K, of course, because iPhones will shoot in that. Uh, iPads, I'm not sure if they will, but I think the newer ones will. Uh, and you wind up with something that looks very polished and pretty sexy at the end. Um, for a hundred bucks a month, it's you know it requires you have all those separate i i devices, iPads and iPhones. But it's a pretty slick solution that I've used in the past that I've really enjoyed. And you said it's a Switcher Studio. Yeah, SwitcherStudio.com. Switcher Studio. Well, thank you for that. That's actually uh, that's actually a good little tip that I just wrote down there. Just make sure I got the thing right. <laughs> We've covered that one in detail. I do want to make sure we get to the people that have requested to speak here. They might have other questions or regarding a different topic. I'm not sure. So I'm going to do this. If you have any questions about video, go ahead and speak up now before we move on. All right, David, you are up first. Uh, Thank you for being patient and waiting and what you got this week. Yeah, so um, I actually thought of another question that I think would be even better than the one I had mentioned earlier. So, um, and I had actually mentioned this um, in Tanner's Discord too, but I feel like this might be a good place to pose the question. And on my LinkedIn? God, give me a minute. 
Oh, but basically the question is, what's a good way to research um, underserved niches in podcasting? Well, I guess I should answer it. <laughs> I should answer it now. Dave. I just want him to get his $5.40 worth as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but this prevents everyone else from subscribing to my premium feed. You're taking money off the kids I don't have's tables or something. Um <laughs> So there, there's no real great way to, you can't, um, you can't automate it. This is a, so for anybody, probably everybody in here is not clued into what Dave is getting at. Um, something that I say frequently is if you want to get into the podcasting space, it's extremely flooded, which makes it very noisy, which means that paid promotion of some kind at some point, probably rather quickly is going to come and, and you're going to need to invest some dollars and one of the ways to kind of fight off how fast that necessity happens is to identify a niche which is either underserved or not served at all. And so Dave's question is, how can you find those underserved niches? So you're going to start with your own competency. You've got to know what you're competent as a talent and a brain to talk about. So you probably wouldn't want to start a movie podcast because there's a lot of movie podcasts, but there's probably something you could do to serve the uh, movie loving community in a way that they are not being served or, and this is more likely, there might be a certain subgenre of film that you could focus on that isn't currently being focused on. I don't have a great example of that, but the only way you would be able to discover it is to listen to, frankly, a lot of shows to see A, what's being spoken about and what isn't, uh, and make a notation of what isn't being spoken about. Considering uh, the demographics that these shows maybe are are creating to, trying to find out, make an educated guess, look at their followers on Twitter, look at places where you can actually see their followers, see you know what color, creed, religion the people are that, that they're serving as much as you can, which is you know kind of hard to do, but you can still give it a shot. Uh, and then you want to find out what's not what's not being discussed at all. You want to find out the kind of people who aren't being served and the kind of content that's not being served. And if there's a, what do you call it, a Venn diagram uh, of people who aren't being served and a certain kind of content that's not being served, where those two cross, that's really where you should create your podcast. And a lot of uh, podcasters, I think, have a hard time thinking about it like that because we all, and I did this, and I'm sure Jeff did it, and and Greg, and everybody does this. They come to podcasting, they're like, I'm going to create on the thing that I'm passionate about, which used to be, you know, <laughs> used to be okay, because believe it or not, I think in 2014, 2015, you can still find these numbers on Pew Research, if I'm not mistaken. There were like 40,000 podcasts. Can you imagine there ever having been 40,000 podcasts, and now there's 5 million on Spotify? and almost two and a half million on Apple podcasts and, you know, there's crossover there and such. But now if you just come to it with your passion, well, everybody else probably got that passion too. You got to be a lot more strategic about it. And the answer is you got to put in some legwork. You, you got to find who's not being served, how the content is currently being delivered and how you could deliver it differently and what that content is and, and you know, the content that's there and the content that isn't. And that's where you want to create because that's going to mean that you're first to market in a way or you're early to market in a way. And, and that's always a benefit because there will be an existing, I would say clientele, but we say audience here, 
that is looking for that and not finding it. Uh, and honestly, I think it's one of the only ways that podcasting as a genre just broadly is able to grow because I think we're like 40% or some 40, 50% of Americans listen to a podcast at least monthly. Um, and I think that the reason that that has kind of stagnated in the last few years, you know, it's not because of COVID. It actually bumped a little bit in COVID and then kind of went down again after COVID kind of subsided. I think it's because we might be at like, full capacity of like the, the 40% to 50% of Americans who are listening they're they're being served. But you know, that other 40%, that other 30% that might come in, uh, they're not finding the content they want. And I think if you're going to be successful with a new podcast, you got to find the content that's not being created and start creating it and hope that it overlaps with, uh, with something that you're competent in so that you can do a good job of it. Thank James, you I don't know if you're, so was helpful. Yeah. Yeah, James, I don't know if you remember, there was some study that you had reported on about why people don't listen to podcasts. And it was something like they didn't know why they should. Like they couldn't. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I wish I'd it seen was, that one. It was something uh, along the lines of that. Um, I do know, I always like to point out, I'm at podcastindex.org. And yeah, there's 4 million podcasts, but only 343,000 have put out an episode in the last 30 days and it's it's even few actually how is that 343 episodes in 30 days but 477,090 oh that's true because you got more time that makes sense but I, I remember James reporting on something and, and like the reason when they ask people why don't you listen to podcasts they're kind of like why should I and I'm not sure anybody can answer that question of it was something similar to that but I I know the the thing when you're talking about don't follow your passion, I kind of get that. But I also know I just watched a uh, an hour long interview. Well, wait, wait, with wait, Ozzie. wait, 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 wait. For clarity, I'm not saying don't follow your passion. I'm saying d don't follow your passion alone. There, ha there has to be more to your ah. thought process of what you're creating than just the passion or else you're going to jump into a pool that's already overflowing. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Because I know I, I was watching this thing on Ozzy Osbourne and, and half the reason his first solo album was so great is when he was in uh, black Sabbath, they would come in and write music and he would have to scream over it because it wasn't in his key. And they're like, well, that's the riff. And when he got his own band, the guitar player said, wait a minute, what's your range? And let's write music that fits your range. So what the hell does that have to do with podcasting? Figure out what you are good at, what you want to do and what you want to talk about and then build on that. So if you're, if you're not a funny person, then don't try to be funny. And if you're, you know, just, just play to your strengths. I think that's going to help at least. I would certainly agree with that. And I think, you know, uh, do something that you're, that you're obsessed about is uh, usually a good plan as well. Um, the, the data that you were talking about was uh, way back in 2018. What a memory you have, Dave. Um, but this was a public radio's tech survey um, from back then. So these were public radio fans. And uh, the top reasons why they don't listen to podcasts, I don't know how, uh, says 27% of them. And they are all mostly old people who are perfectly happy with their radio. I don't know how, 27% of people, but I'm just not interested. 55%, I'm just not interested. So, um, yeah, and, and uh, my suspicion is that's probably the same, even if you were to ask people today, you know, if they're 
perfectly happy with getting news from their radio or getting information from their radio, then I'm just not interested is still a, a bit of an issue for, for uh, quite a lot of folks. So, yeah. Some great information there. It's really uh, an eye-opener for where podcasting is at, but also where it could potentially be. I'm trying to figure out who was next here. Bromigos, did you have anything else to that you're going to ask or the, besides just the video aspect? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, you pretty much answered and everything that I pretty much had. So if you if you need to move me out to give someone else room, that's totally fine on my end. I appreciate you coming up and, and sharing your opinion and sharing that. Gary, I think you were next. Yeah, I just want to talk about what you guys are uh, talking about with video. Um, if you design your show from the get-go so that it can be repurposed for video, um, I think it can work really well. That's what I did with my show is that I, I, from day one, I always intended that I was going to convert all my episodes to YouTube videos. Um, it's just not a priority because it's an audio first show, but I have all the scripts. I have all the audio. And I've always intended for it. There's lots of very successful YouTube channels that are educational channels that do nothing but put B-roll footage and Ken Burns effect images over uh, a voiceover. And so I can easily convert all my stuff to that. And that's been that the intent from day one. And likewise, I've been very, I shouldn't say real successful, but reasonably successful on TikTok. Just repurposing, I do a 30 second cold open for my show. And that's what I've been doing on TikTok. And I have almost 12,000 followers now. And I can, I have a tracking URL and I've got a fair number of subscribers off of TikTok and it kind of comes in waves depending on the popularity of the video. Um, but that works really well also, but I don't think I'll ever make YouTube or TikTok a priority. Um, just the way the, the money works, it's always going to be in my interest to put the podcast and the audio first and to try to use any other platform as a means of feeding that. Greg, Greg, you have anything to throw in here? No, I was just nodding my head that you couldn't see to what Gary was saying. I, I put, you, I just, yeah, I put, uh, I put three or four uh, examples of that in the chat. I just went out and found a, you know, I knew knew of a couple, but, um, you know, there's a show I posted that has like eight hundred thousand followers, and then a hundred and fifty one thousand followers, and they're monetized and you know making money, but. Also, I'm sure, you know, they're selling their merch. They're doing their, you know, if they have uh, sponsorships, I'm sure they're selling, you know, I'll, I'll just say mattresses for lack of a better idea. But, um, you know, they're getting, they're getting views. I mean, five, six, seven, ten thousand views. One of them had like 2.6 million views on, I'm just looking at it right here uh, on my screen from the EWU crew. I put it in the chat, but, uh, yeah, two point six million views, and it's just essentially B-roll. It's like crime footage, B-roll, static images on top of their podcast. So um, it can be done. I don't know if I don't know if you can plan it though. Like these seem like flukes. Yeah, that whole X factor thing, right? Well, I mean, that was the intent, and I, I, you know, given I have scripts for all of my episodes, and the scripts are all published as blog posts. Uh, which have dramatically increased the traffic to my website. 
Uh, I can always re-record the scripts if I want. I can make some small changes if I need to tweak it a little bit for YouTube. Uh, I have that flexibility. So even if I don't want to take a to just take the raw audio and put it into YouTube, I can always make you know updates. And there's a couple episodes where I'm going to want to make updates simply because things have changed, and uh, I'll have to do that anyhow. But it'll, the point is, it'll be very trivial for me to do. But I designed it that way from scratch. And the plan is, I you know, I, I should be making a lot more next year that I'll be able to finally start funding someone to help me on the video end of things. And I'll be able to start growing a team that will actually be able to make videos and start doing something on YouTube. Yeah, a team would really help that. I had editors for, for my stuff for a while. And uh, it just, you know, it, it's expensive, though. Like, those people are skilled. <laughs> and they make a lot of money. Yeah, but that's, that's the way I've, I put it off. And I'm putting audio first. And another thing I think a lot of people don't realize is uh, YouTube, there's a tendency to be attracted to big, gaudy public numbers. So, you know, there are websites, email newsletters, and podcasts, you, the numbers aren't really public. But if you have a ton of Instagram followers or YouTube subscribers, that's a big public number. And if you have that big number, people think it's a success. But in reality, I think a moderately successful podcast should be able to make more money than even more successful YouTube channel just because of the economics of how it works. Uh, Jordan Harbinger has talked about it, that if you look at the CPM rates and what you can get per, you know, thousand views on YouTube versus say a thousand downloads on a podcast, you can make way more on a podcast. And I think people tend to get, uh, they, they see the, the attraction of this algorithm where you can build an audience without really having to do any work or make an investment and they find it attractive, but um, the upside isn't probably as great, and that algorithm can hurt you just as much as help you. So that's no matter what I do in video, uh, audio is always going to you know take priority because I own it. All right, got a few more minutes here. We have a few more people that have jumped up. Uh, you have something to throw in here, Ed? Hi. So. Um, Sorry, I missed most of the conversation. I had to take a phone call. But um, I would just, uh, in terms of uh, pivoting to video, I would look back to uh, the entertainment uh, journalism pivot to video from five years ago that was mostly based off of lies and deceit by Facebook and YouTube and other companies that were heavily promoting a pivot to video. It destroyed a lot of websites and a lot of my personal friends' uh, livelihoods. And um, it just seems to me that we're gonna we're we're heading towards another abyss uh, with trying to pivot um, podcasts and videos. Uh, I'm just I'm very worried just because I've already seen what an incorrect pivot has done to an industry. So it's just for me, it's something that I am very worried about uh, for the future of uh, podcasting. Thank you. I could also see it. Go ahead, Dave, sir. Well, I, I could also just see it uh, boosting burnout numbers because if everybody thinks why well, I have to do audio and video, you know, it's our, they're already half burned out doing audio and they think, well, if, uh, this is the missing piece. I need to do video and then they do video and it's 12 more hours and they get, you know, 14 views and they're like, they're just going to throw up their hands and go, screw it, this doesn't work. It's never the missing piece. Podcasting was hard. 
If you thought yeah. podcasting was hard, wait until yeah. you try blogging. <laughs> yeah. So I, I that's for the person that's like, uh, again, they're just like, well, I've got to try something. I haven't asked anybody for honest feedback, but I bet video is is the you know the magic uh, bullet that's going to come through here. So, and they're just going to do it because they want to grow their audience. And again, the other thing is they might actually be growing their YouTube channel, but it's not growing their downloads. Uh, I think it was James that mentioned the the large Instagram people. I've had I've I've fielded those emails uh, at Libsyn where they're like, "Hey, these numbers can't be right. I have insert very large number." of Instagram followers that I'm only getting. And the number they quote is actually really good for podcasting, but it's, you know, a small fragment of their Instagram audience. So I think in many of these different platforms, they like you on Instagram because they love Instagram and they love you on YouTube because they love YouTube, but getting them to actually listen on a different format on a different app is maybe harder than we think it is. Go ahead, Michelle. I wanted to touch on something that uh, another guest kind of brought up very briefly, which is like social media numbers and all that kind of thing that people are all trying to, you know, uh, attain. Um, about a year and a half or two years ago, I started thinking very deeply about what is the point of social media, right? Because I've done this long enough to kind of observe the role of social media in my business and in um, engagement and things like that. And I hate to say this, but I, I think most people could have a really great experience growing whatever it is they're trying to grow. In the, the case of this conversation, it's probably podcast downloads or subscribers or what whatever the goal is with probably a much lower um, social media number than they think. I think um, I think when I observe what people are doing online, there's a lot of shiny object syndrome and not really a lot of strategy. Like people don't understand that um, you don't need a hundred thousand people following you on Twitter. Like I, I think a lot of us spend way too much time on Twitter, myself included, but I have fun on Twitter, but I don't have like a hard and fast, like, um, strategy with Twitter, Twitter anymore, because honestly it's a distraction. Um, most of us are way too distracted by some of the things that really aren't going to move the downloads, for, uh, like move our, our goals forward. Right. So I, I, I think one, one thing I would say, and, you know, to add to this conversation is at the end of the day, what the hell is your strategy? Like, what's your goal? What's your strategy? So if your goal is downloads, then how you make that happen, whether it's with your video, supplemental video or, or calls to action, like have the strategy versus like this kind of whimsical, like trying to figure it all out. Um, and in creating content and trying to figure out what's the right fit for you, like there's a like a percentage of whimsy. But I think many people are, are really missing out on having a really well thought out strategy. And that's where, uh, and they don't recognize that they don't have a well thought out strategy. They're like, you know, I've got this podcast and I'd, I see it all the time in the podcast movement group, actually. It's a massive group, all these podcasters. And they're like, well, I started my podcast last week and I got 20 downloads. Is that enough? And I'm like, bro, you only did it for a week. Like, let's see if you can even get the 10 episodes 
You know, like, is that even going to happen for you? And then there are other people who are like, well, I'm on Twitter every week and I've got all these, all these, you know, followers. I'm like, so what does that make you money? Like, is that, is that even like, is that important? So like for me, I'm on social media, but I'm looking for opportunities for other people. Cause that makes sense. Cause I believe in the law of reciprocity. I'm trying to make money and I'm trying to get downloads with the podcast specifically. So I have a very uh, specific strategy that I'm working versus vibes. And I, I wish people would think about like, what the hell is your strategy? So it is right now it is uh, in mid September podcast movement evolutions is you know in march or whatever and podthon and like we've got all these things happening you know six seven eight months from now that we can work towards what what's this strategy because i think uh, i just feel like a lot of people just kind of move on vibes and feelings um like 80 percent vibes and feelings and 20 percent strategy and i wish people would flip that so it's 80 percent strategy and then 20 percent vibes vibes and feelings because i think most people would get a lot better results with their business um and i'm going to give an example the other week i'm on on twitter right like this you know hopefully this makes sense but the other week <laughs> this I'm terrible on place twitter <laughs> So the other week I'm on Twitter and I see that there is a company looking to partner with people. They don't say in what way, by the way. So they're just like, hey, we're looking to partner with people. And I was like, oh, hey, now that could be a good partner for me. And they had many people reach out to them. And I'm like, hey, you know, I think I could be a good partner. Long story short, they give me the email. I send, you know, my my details I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm going to be camping for the week. I'll come back. You know, I'll be I'll be gone. So literally I, I hit it and quit it. I was like, I'm, I'm here. I'm interested. Bye. <laughs> because I'm going to be offline. I come back. They're like, cool. We'll, we'll give you the money that you asked for. And in case you guys are wondering, I, I uh, and I actually have to raise my rates. Uh, I asked for three thousand dollars for five episodes. And they said, yes, I literally came back. I got paid. We're good. I just think people don't have a strategy and they think too hard and they're way too meta about like, ask the questions, understand what you're trying to do and get it done. That's all I got to say. Okay. So first of all, why don't we have an amen emoji reaction? Yeah, exactly. It's upsetting <laughs> that we don't. Also like Michelle, I like you even more than I already did from the other times you've been in here. You are able somehow to tell podcasters they need to make fucking money and stop being like, oh, but my art. <laughs> like you're able to no, say that and yeah. not get castrated. I, well, but I come from personal finance space, and I think that is the best thing ever because personal finance content creators, um, I think, are I, I I feel like the genesis of what I see at podcasting right now is what happened with personal finance content creators ten years ago. So like when I started in 2012, sharing my story, like the goal was not to make money. It was how can I share this shit, shitty space that I'm in, the shitty place, and 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 no, it was a horrible, horrible situation. And my goal was to to and like if I could inspire another person or let them know that they aren't alone. That was it. But then there's a point where you're like, this is a lot of freaking work, and I've and I want to pursue this, but I can't do it for free, right? And 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 that's a crossroads for some people. They're not going to ever want to. Uh, monetize their work. They must have money from other things. That's great. 
I like working for myself, so I need to make this make sense for me. Literally, sense, C-E-N-T-S, S-E-N-S-E. Like, it has to make sense both ways. Um, And so I am expensive now. Uh, my time is money and, and I, I feel very comfortable with that. But in the beginning, that was never how I approached it. But there is a point where it's like if an episode that's well crafted and well thought out and there's strategy behind it and whatever um, takes me five hours to do from start to finish with interviews and editing, whatever, I need to get paid for that time. So there, there just was a point where I was just like, I have to get paid for that. I do want to make sure before we wrap up here, I know that Clint's been waiting patiently, and I appreciate it, Clint. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me up, and I'll I'll save my question for another episode. But I I want to comment on that because I I 100% believe on the strategy aspect, and I, I think people aren't seeing their social media path as a way to monetization like it can be. For me personally, at this stage, my podcast, from a monetization perspective, I don't think I'm there. And from a social media perspective, I'm able to monetize my social media following much more than I am my podcast. And that's passively. So if if there was active movement to do it, then I think it would be there. For me, strategically, I just see every one of these social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, as a means to drive traffic to the podcast. And if there is time, maybe a, a quick question, or it might not be quick, so we can, you guys can let me know if you need to defer it, is whether anyone's gone through a successful rebrand of their podcast. I'm finally starting to get traction, but the intention is to rebrand to a new name for the podcast, my website, etc. And wondering whether anyone's done that successfully. Tanner? Uh, well, I mean, I think there's two ways to transition. One is, you know, thoughtfully and carefully. And the other way is the way I did it, <laughs> which I don't think is, is, is really best advised. I just said, uh, I'm going to transition and, and it's done now. Uh, good luck. <laughs> uh, I don't have great advice on that. I, I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't fret, fret decisions like that. I just kind of make the choice to do it. So I, I think somebody else would be much better to weigh in here. That's the way you do everything. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Yeah, well, I mean, that, I that's really, true. Yeah. I don't, I don't waste time with decisions. Decisions stop you from getting shit, moving shit forward. I'm, it's, it's not hard to rebrand. You just go into your media host, you change your artwork, you change your description. You might need to change your website, but I, my first podcast, I rebranded twice because I kept picking really bad names. Uh, and by the time I picked the third one, I even had somebody write a, a theme song for it, thinking that would somehow pump life into not only the podcast, but into me. But in the end, I was just tired of the subject. But it's just think of it like Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC. I mean, it's, it's you know, that's, that's a rebrand. That's the analogy. That's the only one that's, I can think of. Paps, well, <laughs> Paps Blue Ribbon to, to PBR, but that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Tanner went extreme though. He rebranded his to podcasting sucks to good morning podcasters where he changed the vibe and it, everything. Yeah. That's because that's because everybody was sad. They were like, it's too aggressive and mean. And I was trying to, was trying no to manage my image. <laughs> People no were sad. sad. No, no one said that Tanner. 
Stop it. <laughs> one person said it. Sorry, go ahead. The, the one subscriber. That's why I did. I only have one subscriber. No, it's one person that you respected made a comment and you couldn't handle it. Exactly. That's not true. What kind of little bitch do you think I am that that would be how I would move forward with that? Come on. Because Don't be that, stupid. I just described it. I just said it. What kind I thought. That's exactly. You That's asked ridiculous. and everybody said no. <laughs> no, I asked and more people said yes than said no. No, that's not true. Uh, it is true. In, anyway, I, I anyway literally Ed, form- let's go to okay. all right, all let's right, go let's to go Ed. To Ed. Ed successfully changed his podcast name <clears throat> for the better. So let's hear his story real quick. He's going to be round nosing all over Tanner here. So here we go. Well, no, it's just that uh, Jeff and Tanner and several other people are like woke me up to the fact that I was being stubborn as hell about the name of my podcast, which I was using twenty years of an established name. But the podcast wasn't getting any traction because the Film Jerk podcast didn't really tell you what the podcast was about. So I finally had to come kicking and screaming or be dragged kicking and screaming to the thought of a new name. And then I used Twitter and the help of my friends here to kind of pick a new name and go in a new direction. And um, the podcast has definitely uh, grown steadily since then. I've hit uh, I hit my biggest numbers uh, last month. And it's continuing to grow, even though I've only done one episode in the last two months. It's continuing to grow because now the 80s movie podcast, it tells you exactly what you're getting. So I think sometimes we just overthink things instead of going for the the most obvious route because we don't want to seem like we're, we're cheating or something when it's just like, just get to the point. Just make your move, and if your friends are all telling you to get off your ass and, and make a move, get off your ass and make a move. Period. Just do it. Ed, why only one episode in the last two months? What have you been doing? Get to work. Um, well, uh, this past weekend, I celebrated my 20th I, anniversary. I, I didn't want to actually know. Oh, gosh. I didn't want to actually know. Yeah, I love how disingenuous, I'm, I'm I love how disingenuous Greg is. Oh, he just wants to know, oh, but Greg, he doesn't want to know. No, I just want my biggest friend of me on on Twitter. So I just wanted to I just wanted to be hostile about him not working on this podcast after actually all this hard work of rebranding. I have been working. I've been actually doing uh, a month and a half of research for my next season, which I am going to be premiering in about three weeks. Um, I just instead of just winging it like I freaking do all the time, I want to have an actual season where it's all set up and I've done the research ahead of time and I don't have to rush to go episode to episode to episode because uh, it gets very tiring very quickly. I'm, I'm trying something different. Yeah, we, we've Is talked about okay this. You, Greg? I, we've talked about this and I think it's an absolutely awesome idea, but we went the whole show without me giving you crap, so I had to get it in there. Well, I was gone most of the show, so you couldn't give me crap or if you did, I wouldn't have heard it. I, I may have... Uh broke my what i said here my promise but robin requests to speak and i decided to allow it so the podcasting power hour will go on a little bit longer as usual which is all right cool thank you so much i really appreciate that um this is my first time in here and um i i consider myself a, a new podcaster even though my podcast is, is going to celebrate its one year birthday in uh, next month i'm super excited about that Um, I am lucky enough to have a very niche audience, and I know who my people are, um, 
and I have, you know, I have the no like and trust factor. Um, I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm, I'm so new at this and I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but I think I'm, uh, I think it's going well. And I don't know if my numbers um, say that it's going well, but I, I'm averaging almost 2000 downloads a week. It's a weekly podcast. And I just broke 63,000 in 10 or 11 months. And, but I don't, I'm not monetized and I don't know how to do that. And I don't know where to start and blah, blah, blah. So this is like a freaking room full of brainiacs. And I thought I would raise my hand. Thank you. What's up, Robin, my friend. Hi, Tanner. How are you? Good. How are you? Been a while. It's doing really good. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, so a couple of answers there. The, the easiest way is probably through, well, what's your ultimate goal here? Do you remind me what your podcast is about? I, I think I remember what um, it is, the, but for everybody else. Sure. The name of my podcast is called Coming Out Late. And it is predominantly for women, but men listen too. And I get really nice emails from men. Um, and it's really people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s who are coming out um, of the closet later in life. And yeah, the response has been crazy. I also have like two, uh, three support groups that I run in Zoom. I've been, do I've been working for nothing for almost a year and I need to make income because I, mm. I lost my alimony. So I'm making no money. How how many people are in that support group? I get um I do three of them. I get twenty five women every week. Um, so seventy five women a week with the three groups. I also have two Facebook groups. Um, yeah. So I mean, I have good following. Um, I'm doing I do a speaker summit quarterly. Um, there's just a lot of potential there too. That I need. That's so, amazing engagement. Yeah, it's crazy high uh, amounts of people to be in a in a weekly. That's that's really cool, especially since you've only been you've been around for less than a year. Uh, your podcast is not unlike mine. I've listened to it in tone, and what I'm doing. Sorry, not my podcast about podcasting. My my uh, my philosophy podcast, and, and what I've started to do is not dissimilar f from what you've done. First of all, I wrote a book to go with the podcast, which I have found to be a really effective, I probably sell like two copies a day. So it's not making a lot of money, but I have found it to be an effective uh, funnel for people to find the podcast. And I run a podcast that has ads in it, programmatic ads, sometimes host read. Uh, and my hosting provider helps me to do that without me having to do much. I just say, Hey, I'm programmatic ads on for me. And they say, sure. How many do you want? And do you want them in the pre-roll in the middle or at the end? And I answer those questions and I use those ads uh, as a small form of income, but also as a little bit of an agitator. And I sell a premium feed that doesn't have the ads. And one of the options within the premium feed, one of the things you get is you get the ability to join a general discord of all the other listeners. But there's a particular tier of support that you can join a monthly uh, discussion about stoicism. And that costs $1,200 a year. And there are already, I think, eight people in it. And I just launched it uh, two, two weeks ago, probably. So I think you already have all that in place. I think you just need to start charging for it. And, I, and I'd actually like if Michelle could jump in on that, because I feel like Michelle's biting her tongue because she wants to explode at everything you just said, because <laughs> you've already <laughs> got a business. Yeah, it's been really that. so freaking gratifying. I mean, so yep. gratifying. 
Um, I think it's amazing what you're doing. You have all the components there. It just, I think what I would say is what do you feel comfortable with? So I think figuring that out will make whatever sale sales um, uh, strategy that you're going to deploy easier to do. So, so to me, I thought immediately a membership model would be easier. Yeah. Because leaning towards. I, I would highly recommend that because you could charge less, uh, but you could build up that, that uh, income that's predictable, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that could be a wonderful way to monetize what you're doing. But I would definitely also say, are you getting them on an email list? Just as a side note. Well, um, I am collecting emails through Facebook. Like when they, I have about 3000 people, Girl, make that money. Oh my God. Yeah, right? I don't know how to. I don't know. I don't know if Michelle will, but if Michelle won't, I will. I'll, I'll give you a little time this week or next if you want. Thanks. Yeah, because I, I honestly I, don't know how to do it. Like, I have a Miller Lite account and I've got like almost 3,000 names on an email list, but I oh don't my God. know how to. I don't know how to oh my God. merge them. And and I am a circle.so member now. Ooh, that's member, awesome. Like, yeah, I love Circle. Um, and that's well, there's your. That's where I'm gonna do. That's your membership site. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Circle or Heartbeat. Yeah, those the, that that's. I I'm like so excited for you. I think it's just <laughs> I think having the confidence to take a risk. It's so I tech. think you're. I feel like no, it's no, the tech is easy. Tech's easy. I I think because you could go on on YouTube and watch how it works. Yeah, so, yeah. So the tech is easy. You just need some, okay. all you need is a little bit of handholding. You've already little, got this. Yeah, I, mean, I feel yeah, that. That's all you and, need. Then, and then I'll take off. I don't have to hold your hand forever. Well, well let's talk this week or next. Just, okay. You know my email. I think Tanner, Tanner helps. Just send me an email and we'll, we'll figure something out. Thank you. Thanks. I, I just really want to, yeah, I need to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. And, and Robin, I mean, there was a time when Uber was new. And we're like, you got to do what app, huh? And we, we figured that out. We figured out the, that's true. Good point. It's it's, yeah. It's, it's, you've conquered technology before. It's just, you just got it. You'll be out of your comfort zone for a little bit and then you'll watch a couple of YouTube videos and go, Oh, I got it. Yeah. Okay. And I run, um, just as a side note, I run a sub stack, uh, and a project called podcasters getting paid. So um, there's a free option if you want to just see like the free content. And I also share a lot of stuff on Twitter and um, just FYI. And I do okay. a Twitter space about um, monetizing as well. Okay. Um, so it may not necessarily uh, answer your question about memberships because I have a, have a strategy, um, <laughs> but, but it might give you ideas. So. Okay. Yeah. And I also want to do a, a newsletter because uh, I really love to write and I love to curate content. And Well, um, you should be doing a newsletter because you have 33,000 people on your freaking email list. So that's well, 3,000. 3, no, that's what I was saying. 3,000. Yeah. You should be doing like, I think people overthink newsletter. Like if you have 3,000 people, a hundred people, whatever yeah. in your mailer light, just start sending them emails. That's a newsletter. That, that, that's okay. simple. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, hey it's me, Robin. How are you doing? <laughs> just give him one. Th- just give him one thing every week. It doesn't even. Ha- yeah, like yeah. like she said, doesn't have to be a newsletter. It can, you could call it a publication. It could just be, hey, saw this, saw this news article. Thought it was really relevant to everybody. I got something out of it. Go give it mm. a read. It could be something just like that, and they love that. It's just something, some utility People, in their inbox. 
Yeah. I love it. And I, this is a weird thing to tell people, but I, I write romance novels. My most responsive email list is my romance list. And you know what I, uh, and you know what I do? It's exactly what he just described. I just, and I have a pen name. So I describe like what my week was like, what I, you know, what's going on. I'll share a link to a book. Like it's super, don't overthink it. It's super easy. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. And I didn't see who let me speak or let me um, talk. And thank you so much. Maybe it was Jeff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. The pleasure was all ours. You certainly uh, good to have you. And hopefully you can come back every week. And yeah, because you definitely did. And and it brought us full circle because that's how you carve out a niche aligned with your passion. Yeah. Yeah. I love my people. (laughs) I do. I love what I'm doing. Because you could have gone really broad, right, with your show. You just decided yep. that you wanted to address a specific area that you saw a need in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what works. Yep. Yep, yep. True. I love it. All right, Jeff, let's wrap it up. Yeah, no, it's, I, we'll go through some closing thoughts real quick. But I do, everything we just discussed, and Michelle actually tweeted it earlier, I think it's important that, whether it is the process of video or all the monetizing we've been talking about in the niche, I think it's important not to make it too complicated to the point you're tempted to quit at it. So it's been a great discussion this evening. You just have to do what will work for you and be real going into it before you do something that's going to take up a significant amount of your time and resources. Greg, what do you have? Yeah, I I would, I would second that. I mean, take a look at Jeff's, Jeff's Twitter, my Twitter, Tanner, social media, you know, all the, all the folks up here that have, you know, have some time doing this and you'll see that we're not tweeting about our last burrito or not, you know, we're, we're really using uh, social media to further our goals with our show or, or whatever it is that we're, that we're doing. And uh, you can, you know, just, just, just do what the people do that you want to, to mimic, right? Like you see people. Um, and if you have a bunch of podcasters following you and you follow a bunch of podcasters, you better have a show about podcasting. And that's my final thought. I tweet about my burritos. You actually tweet about tacos, which is why yeah. I didn't say it. <laughs> Gary, do you have anything to throw in here as closing thoughts? No. Simple. <laughs> awesome. James, what do you got? You got to have something. Uh, I have nothing other than I'm sitting here writing uh, tomorrow's pod news. Uh, megaphone fell over for two hours. Who would have thought it again? Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you want to get that, podnews.net. It's free. Nice, nice plug. Megaphone. Hmm. Must be a Spotify thing. Right, Tanner. Was it an AWS thing, James? Or was it strictly... Oh, wait, they're on Azure, aren't they? Yeah, it was that stuff. Yeah, I was just trying to blame Spotify in your honor, Tanner. Jim, I, Jim, I would say... It's you the future. Have, yeah, Jim, I would say do you have anything to add, but I don't know if you even spoke tonight, but thanks for dropping in. Yeah, I dropped in late, so I didn't. I wasn't part of the intro. And uh, I'm going to niche down on this conversation and take take five minutes and find somebody you want to connect with and send them a direct message. 
and see where it goes. Mm. Tanner, go ahead. Well, nothing, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope I was useful in some way to at least one person. Uh, I love doing these on Monday, so see you guys next week. If anybody needs to reach out, my DMs are open, and uh, you're always welcome to email me, Tanner at TannerHelps.com. Follow Tanner for breakfast burritos that aren't, or breakfast tacos that aren't actually breakfast tacos. Breakfast tacos don't have eggs in them, and please don't, as who you are, Greg, talk to me about what is correct Mexican food. Please, please don't do that to me. Thank breakfast, you. breakfast tacos have eggs. Thank you. Do they have pineapple? Uh, Breakfast tacos have eggs, period. Don't insulate it, Jim, Ed. Michelle, you've been amazing as usual. What are your closing thoughts? I have no thoughts. Mm. (laughs) What's your take on breakfast tacos? Um, I'm all about the breakfast tacos. And um, if you're ever in Austin, that's one of the best places I've ever had tacos. That's all I got to say. And they have eggs in them. Torchies. I've never been to Torchies, even though Torchies Torchies has, has been in Denver for like five years or whatever. Yo, my God, saying Torchies or tacos is like, oh, it's like saying Chipotle is Mexican food. Come on, guys, you're better than this. Oh, delicious. See, see, I've never been there on purpose. Uncle Dave, what do you got? All jokes aside, Dave, always appreciate you dropping in and taking your time to do this. <laughs> Uh, first of all, standing ovation to Michelle. Uh, that was, uh, I'm with Tanner. We need to add an amen emoji. And I would just say, follow your passion is an idea and a general, you know, like that's something you should do. But when we talk about strategies, that's like, oh, I don't know. I mentioned a company in my podcast. Maybe I should copy them on Twitter. That's a strategy. Maybe, I I mean, there, there's a difference between follow your passion okay, great. Now, how am I going to follow my passion? That's the strategy. That's the, the action steps. Follow, follow your passion is the game plan. Great. How are we going to implement our plan? So I just thought it, uh, she said a lot of good things tonight. So thanks for stopping in and thanks to everybody for uh, coming out. I think you found a new person on Ask the Podcast, Scooch. She may be taking your throne one day, Dave. Yeah, you should have her on. Well, I, that, you know, anybody can come on that show, even Jeff. It's, you know, it's, I always say that door is open. You can pop in and I'm still waiting for somebody to pop in and scream Baba Booey and leave, but uh, it's, it's wide open every Saturday. So he's, he's let me on twice. So anybody can go on. (laughs) I've asked him like 10 times and he ignores me. So uh, we're just going to, it's not, there's no ask. It's a, it's a link. Ask the podcast coach.com slash join. We'll get you on when I'm on. So just let you know. Okay. That's fair enough. All right. Last but not least, (laughs) Ed, what do you have? Well, I've got uh, I've got a thing where next time Tanner's in Los Angeles, I believe it's January for Outlier. I'm going to meet him. I'm going to bring him a homemade breakfast taco that I make for my wife at least twice a week for breakfast. And looks like and that's it for Ed. Yeah, it looks like Greg. <laughs> he loves to cut you off for some unknown reason, Ed. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, ha 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 ha. You broke. You actually broke up, Ed. That wasn't me. I just okay. took the opportunity because the last two episodes. <laughs> Uh-huh. You were cut off at the end, and it was hilarious. <laughs> well, uh, well, I am walking my dogs right now. Can you hear me okay now? Great. And that's it for Ed. So, oh, Jesus Christ, guys. Always treated like the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. Greg, you're a bad man. Take us home. 
Don't forget, you can go to podcastingpowerhour.com to listen to these recordings after the fact. And you might you might hear some uh, little Easter egg activity if you stay past the outro. Um, so just check that out. Thanks a lot. We'd be glad to have you stay past the intro, frankly. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Breakfast tacos have eggs, period. Yes. Oh, my God. Wait till I get a seizure on here. He's going to rip you all up. I swear to God. I have the mute button. I'm still <laughs> waiting for Tanner to start buying me a taco.com. Yeah, my uh, listeners. Wait are a minute. Buy Wait him a minute. Buy me a taco.com. Is that available? Holy shit. That might be available. So are all the other domains that I bought that were in your name or your brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how you survived that brand attack, Tanner. <laughs> I used Cloudflare for a reason. I bought them just so you couldn't. All right. No, seriously, though, thanks to everybody for attending. It's it's great. The retention and engagement for this one has been particularly awesome. So I appreciate it. And we'll be back next Monday and every Monday, unless it's a holiday or, or Greg is too old and sick and falls asleep in his recliner. But we'll be back at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And thank you for attending Podcasting Power Hour. Thank you for listening to the Podcasting Power Hour. Everyone is free to participate on Twitter spaces every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. To join, just follow Jeff at podcast underscore father or Greg at Indie Dropin. If you found this podcast helpful, Go into your podcast app and write a quick review. Other podcasters will see it and know this show is worth listening to. Also, I'll put a few links in the show notes for ways you can support the show. I think by now you know we love our coffee. Have a great week. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Somebody already has to, buy me a taco.com. Damn it. I need to add like a, like some sort of a thing to my roadcaster so we can have some exit music.
Hey. Sound effects? Yeah. We can always... Uh, there we go. Yeah, I knew Dave had is on the road cancer. Dude, that's so loud. Turn it down. Yeah, so what are you doing? I can't get right. the volume on. Was that a pause or rain? Was that a pause or rain? What was that supposed to be? It was like a thunderstorm. Jesus. Nope. Somebody at 533 uh. Gate Parkway. Uh, buy me a taco, son of a gun. Dot net's available, but we all know that's a second rate TLD. No yeah, exactly. Nobody will nobody will type their credit card into a dot net. That's right. Didn't you use a dot net forever, Tanner? Mm, no, I always buy the dot net if I have the dot com, just you know, for brand safety. But what about buy a podcast or a taco dot com? That's too much. Buy a podcaster named Tanner who lives in Colorado, in Denver specifically, at taco.com. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Buy a podcaster.com? What? <laughs> Rent a podcaster. Oh, hey, uh, actually, Michelle, could, could I ask the uh, the thing you got hired for? I don't want details, but do you do branded content? Is that what you do? I do different things. So for this, that was a, that's an ad read. That's pre-roll. That oh, I described wow. in this conversation. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, and I'm raising my rates, by the way, <laughs> uh, because I spoke with a friend of mine and I was like this, you know, I, we were just chit chatting and, and she was like, um, raise those rates again. So um, that's the other thing. Like, just ask, ask, like, you'd be surprised what what's like companies will pay. But but like corporate sponsors pay more than, say, well, yeah, friends sure. of mine friends of mine who run like a nonprofit, like I, the, the corporates kind of subsidizes that kind of stuff. So, um, no, but I cool. have done project, like I, I did do a, a brand partnership with Experian last year and they flew me out to do like a, a video series about credit. <laughs> so it just depends. Like there's just different ways to collaborate or, or, you know, do something. So for everybody's edification here, it, and you can say you don't want to share this if you don't want to. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I do want to ask. Um, you said three thousand, right? For for how for four episodes? Was that what I did? I hear oh, that right? Uh, it was three thousand for five to seven episodes. I have to decide how many will be in that. So I'm doing a segment, and so they're sponsoring that segment. So, so at the most, or at the least, that's four hundred twenty-eight dollars per episode. Do you, yeah. if, if you were following, I feel like this is a really good thing to say out loud. If you were following the CPM model, you would need, a, you need a lot of listeners to justify that cost per, per read. Do you yeah, have that many I, listeners or is it just that you have? No, killer no, engagement? no, I have a small, I have really good engagement. I have, but here's the, the, the aside. So I have uh, a small, but mighty podcast um, and podcasters getting paid is focused on podcasters uh, getting 10,000 downloads or fewer right. a month. So that is me. Um, but I'm also really well known in my space. I've won awards for my podcast. I was in the running for podcast of the year uh, that I lost to a really good friend. Uh, found out on Friday. <laughs> so so what I'm doing is is great branded, uh, great content. And if I ask a partner in, um, it's very well thought out. 
Um, and so when you're when you're having like an a, a conversation uh, about, hey, I you know I'd like to work with you. Um, I've been on PBS and MSNBC and Business Insider and like you know like I have a lot of street cred that I that I've built up mm -hmm. over the years. And so when you're sharing that kind of stuff in a media kit, like I have almost a million downloads on my, my blog. And so, so, so collectively, when you look at everything, it's not a horrible gamble. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's the other thing I would say. It's, it's not like I have this small podcast and like a hundred followers. <laughs> it's, it's, I have a small but mighty podcast, but I've won awards for it. And I've been, you know, I've collaborated with other brands and this is what we've done. And, and I can articulate why I have evergreen content. And so if they put something on my show uh, and I've been podcasting for four years, it's likely that that investment will make like really pay off over time. So right. that that's the other part of that equation is is longevity as well. Man, we, I mean, I know that Greg and I absolutely love you after this because this is, I mean, you, everything you just said is so on the ball with things that Greg and I frequently say. Uh, and I just, it's so great that you live in my town. <laughs> it's so great that we can go have real tacos together. Denver represent. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to I'm gonna no. I'm gonna buy Michelle a taco. She's a baller. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump. You guys, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. See everybody. See you later, Tanner. This yeah. is just the this is just the after show. The cool down. You got about five more minutes of this cool down. Well, for you, it's just down. Yeah, yeah. No cool with me for sure. Well, it is past his bedtime. It's like eleven o'clock in Indiana. Yeah, that's true. It's getting close to my bedtime too. I usually get in bed, and get in bed and read about ten, so it's getting close. You know, we were talking about shorts earlier, and all I could think about is how you never actually wear pants; you only wear shorts. When's the last time you wore pants? Yesterday. Uh, Not last you. Time I wore pants. Um, I don't actually re remember. I mean, it's been summertime. So, um, probably six months. You told me he's like in the winter. You're like, I can't remember the last time I put on pants. I mean, to leave the house, I have to put on pants or else people would look at me like I'm insane. You, you but, don't even leave the house. You do them like them grocery store pickups. And, I mean, delivery or whatever. Uh, not, not so much anymore, but yeah, sometimes, I mean, people look just at depends. You like you're insane, Greg. I think they might know you. I think it might be the problem might not be the shorts oh, maybe because it, you're right the pants doesn't don't stop it but i never put two and two together but i've noticed people do prefer when i wear pants outside the house so <laughs> maybe it's the, the, maybe it's that shirt that says i'm a podcast hoax that makes you look insane. yeah yeah i just walk around with the shirt that says ask me about my podcast and people just walk by and i hear them mumbling like no fucking way no mm -mm. <laughs> You have to wear a speedo that says that out on the ass. Ask me about my podcast. <laughs> How did you know I, I wear an extra extra large speedo? <laughs> Big brother is watching. Good thing Jeff added this last five minutes because boy, there's some dynamite here. Well, this is what goes in the podcast and after the you know after the uh, outro. So 
A lot of people drop off and they miss this. So what is the engagement rate for, uh, for this uh, podcast? Well, I mean, I'm looking at the retention. Like, we stayed at 40. Um, I, I mean, as soon as I end this, it'll give me some statistics. But we stayed steady throughout this whole one. So we probably had about over 100 people, I'm sure, came in and out. But just to stay at that consistent mark is definitely good. And I think uh, at this point, doing this for several months, we are seeing where we generally do pick up some new people, but we definitely have a core participation group that's amazing. Would you agree with that, Greg? Yeah, for sure. And um, I've been trying to get caught up on the podcast stuff because I plan to run some ads for this. I'm really interested to see if podcasting ads can bring someone to a Twitter space. I mean, that that is we're an unknown territory, at least for me. They do have it now where you can schedule ahead because it was like a week at a time. You couldn't like do a same space with the same name. So I can actually schedule out ahead. Uh, I don't know how far, but definitely into the future. Yeah, because now I can tell people to press the spaces button and search for podcasting power hour instead of like, you know, go to Twitter, search for Jeff or Greg. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. I don't even know how that would have been possible, but I got to find an easy link to send people. I think a lot of people right now aren't realize how well they could monetize Twitter spaces. There's a one, there's a young guy I was talking to. He's on track for over $300,000 this year from Twitter spaces uh, sponsorship. So it's, you know, a lot of us are still doing the podcast and he's just gone all in on spaces. So I think there's an opportunity there for people. But what happened to Clubhouse? (laughs) Fuck Clubhouse. No, but we're certainly not in that uh, salary range. But we have had people, several people ask Greg and I interested enough. Yeah, he's he's in the finance space and he's probably doing about 50 hours, 50 hours, 50 shows a week. I send them all to Greg, though, but Greg uh, is not ready to pull the trigger yet. He has, We had to get more listens on the actual podcast you're saying, Greg? So No, no. I'm just not doing anything for like 25 bucks or 100 bucks or 200 bucks. Like, it's just, you know, yeah. I'm just not dealing with it. So what I, what I want to do is I want to make sure we get, you know, at least, you know, stead- steadily have at least 100 people in the live and then, you know, some sort of, some sort of, I don't know, reasonable number in the podcast. I don't know what reasonable is yet, but some reasonable number in the podcast. And then, you know, then it'll be worth the effort of doing it. You want to say that Michelle? Michelle, your tweet brought up a good point. Sorry about that. Um, I, I feel like, people forget that they can just develop their own products and self-sponsor, whether it's a Twitter space or their actual podcast. So um, I have a like a business podcast, so I don't just do the personal finance one. I dabble people. And um, for that show, I will only advertise uh, with my products or like affiliates. But again, that goes back to strategy, right? So there's that. Yeah, tw- Tanner gives me no cr- no credit, but the reason he has that philosophy book is because I told him that's how he needs to have legitimacy. 
he wrote that sucker and sky's the limit. Now he's a, now he's a philosophy author with a podcast. Put it on Substack, bro. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, it's past my bedtime and I'm going to get off here. I do appreciate all of you as always. I love you all. I'm just trying to say I love you all here. <laughs> yeah, that don't be weird, man. Don't be weird. You know, you know, Jeff, one thing you guys didn't talk about the um, videos is how much more response you're going to get from a short video short that has your face versus an audiogram that just has the wave format to it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but for yeah. me, like, like I said lately, I don't know. Why. Well, maybe not for everybody, but you know, yeah, not for Jim, certainly. Uh, but nevertheless, I know that I've just been listening to a shit ton of podcasts on YouTube. That includes just like cover art, but mostly like cover arts kind of detailed to that episode but i don't even look at it i just listen i don't know why i've been doing that i think it's because the discoverability and the search of it um because you know like when you're listening to podcasts and i think somebody was saying this earlier in the comments or something about it when you're looking for a podcast you are really going for the podcast that you always listen to and all that you're typically not going after the ones you've searched and with youtube i found some great things through the search and discoverabilities that it has, if that makes sense. Yeah, for me, it does. It makes sense to have a good thumbnail and to be clear and concise with what you're, what you're bringing out for video. And if anybody wants to jump into video on YouTube, start with one camera. You don't have to make it crazy. Although there is a lot of like, just big faces filling up the whole screen and a lot of uh my husband watches a lot of football talk so it's all like just talking heads and it's not very aesthetically pleasing i posted in the chat or the whatever you call this thing on the space the timeline i posted the short that i made today it's nothing special but like it it fits the criteria of just get it done and uh and plus i'm trying to test its efficacy so ed you don't have to have your hand up man well i hate interrupting people i'm i'm trying to be a nice guy even to you oh well i appreciate that so much you saw i sent you a heart in the dm yes, for being I mean to you so I'm, yes I'm, I, I apologize and i appreciate the uh, dm you just sent i was about to respond but what i wanted to do before we go is i wanted to congratulate jeff on the uh successful end of his first season of pod, uh, indie podcaster it's a great show and for those of you who have not listened yet you should be listening and his uh 70th episode the anniversary episode that he published today probably his best episode and i don't say that just because i'm the host of it uh, but it actually has turned out to be a really good episode and i just wanted to congratulate jeff on that congrats jeff that's a result of podcasting power hour the seasons actually so yeah, we sure. debated that here. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, the big thing is it gets me some time to work on other things, right? Other projects. And uh, it was an eye-opening thing. We had a great chat that night. So, no, but thank you for your kind words. It was, a, it was a difficult time hammering out 70 episodes, but it was fun. All right. Jim, go ahead. You got something smart to say, Jim? Yes, I do. 
I guess I'm on season two then. I see how it is. Oh, I mean, you have a gym nope. show that you didn't put out. Pixie's done like 50 episodes and she's on season 10. So I felt like it's <laughs> pretty good. First. We only do 25 episode seasons. Okay. <laughs> how about season one? I've put out like five minutes watching Monday Night Football. Leave them alone. Jim does 500 episode seasons. <laughs> Just never ends. It's a decade. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to hop off here, everybody. I will see you all next all right. week or in pop up spaces in the meantime. Yeah. See you later, everyone. It was fun. Night, everybody. Night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.